It's 11 past one, a good time to talk travel. Isn't every time a good time to talk travel? For our sponsor, Travel World on King and Sally Lucas, we're off to a very different part of Australia, different from almost every other part, I'd say. I'd say you're right there, Jane. I mean, not that I have even seen every part of Australia. We have such a huge country to see and explore, which is a wonderful thing, of course. And if anyone wants to get an atlas or a map out before we start talking today, if you're handy to have one, uh, you might be able to find follow the trip that I did and just see the this beautiful region of Australia I'm going to talk about and you can by following it on a map you'll get an idea I guess better of of where we've traveled however if you haven't got a map don't worry we'll still talk you through it anyway so yes I, I flew across to Broome and had a couple of nights there before we started out and Broome in itself is an interesting little town a very interesting history a very interesting history and the one thing I did learn about all parts of that area which I only thought was done and as we all did, was about the war and, of course, the bombing. And I don't think most of us would realise how many other towns were affected, not just Darwin, even though it was the worst hit and lost more people and had more strikes uh, even than Pearl Harbour. But it was it went down as far as Catherine. They they bombed Wyndham, um, you know, Broome, obviously. They, they took out 15 flying boats who were anchored in Roebuck Bay and... Nearly everyone perished because they were full of women and children ready to be evacuated. Mm. So there were some terrible things done. And so it was a very interesting history lesson as well for me. And to go there and to watch different little presentations at the regional museum there, which is run by volunteers and absolutely wonderful, considered one of the best regional museums in Australia. And, of course, we did the compulsory camel ride at sunset on Cable Beach, which everyone has to do and all the tourists think you're mad and don't know why you do it with animals that, that sort of sort of grumble and burp and carry on. But anyway, it was, it was quite... And rock and roll. And rock and roll. <laughs> but it was great. It was a fantastic experience, as was everything we did there. Then we did the most wonderful trip on Orion Cruises. Now, Orion is an expedition cruise vessel. Just to explain the difference to you, expedition cruise vessels really are for what you do ashore. It's not what you do on the boat like a normal cruise for the sake of cruising where you've got all your entertainment, casinos, etc., etc., etc. So it's not like that. You have a beautiful state-of-the-art vessel which is fitted out superbly, um, all the cabins, wood panelling, beautiful. You know, everyone's got an outside cabin. You have staterooms on the balcony deck where you have this little balcony as well with your sliding glass doors. Or if you're down on a lower deck and there's nothing really low, let's face it, any cabin on the ship is still great. You still have big picture windows, okay? So you have everything from a normal cabin with an ensuite to one that has a a sitting area with ensuite as well. You have a lovely lounge area and another smaller lounge up on an upper deck as well as a dining room, of course, a very well-stocked library and a wonderful lecture theatre where we attended lectures every day. So we were very well informed before and after. So we'd do the befores before we got to a place and then we'd go over what we'd done afterwards. But learnt so much about the history and geology of Australia as well, which I found absolutely fascinating. So when you're doing a a voyage like this on an expedition vessel, you really will be learning so much. Um, No matter where that expedition cruise is going, the whole idea is to impart that knowledge to you and then to take you ashore to explore it. So you're ashore every day um, in Zodiacs, both morning and afternoon, to do the various different areas 
that we covered. Um, and you do cover a, a complete wide range. Sometimes you could be in your zodiac up to sort of 50 minutes to an hour before you stop. I mean, there are little stops along the way, but before you reach your end destination, they'll always be um, sort of spotting with binoculars with your expedition leaders, looking for wildlife, etc. as you go. And of course, you that see much. would include crocodiles. It does include crocodiles. Of course, and um, unfortunately there was a crew member bitten just before we came away, about two weeks before. It was on the news of one of the other vessels, and uh, they had all the guests swimming in a waterhole. It wasn't the ones we went to, mind you. And um, she was the last one out and got nabbed by a croc on the leg, but luckily got away. Whoa. Anyhow, the... the um, Paramount, what I couldn't get over with Orion was their uh, attention to detail in every facet, particularly safety and getting you on and off the zodiacs. But also they would go to a waterhole, even though they're supposedly cleared of crocs after the wet, and would do a double-double, triple check before they even took you in there. So, you know, everything is, is really paramount with safety. As I said, the expedition leaders are all most wonderful photographers and they were spotting wildlife before I could even see it and taking photos of it, you know, from the tiniest of little kingfishes or, you know, coloured finches or whatever. But, of course, they've usually all got the massive motive, fo- sorry, should I say, photo lenses, extreme zoom lenses where they can pick things up very, very quickly. So, you know, it's just the most amazing journey to undertake. It's a 10-night voyage from broom to Darwin or you can do it in the reverse and the one thing that I did find out which I wouldn't have even thought to do before I left tides are so important the tides are so huge there up nine to ten meters they can be that if your tides are happening to fall in the night time on a voyage you're not going to see that rushing water through the horizontal falls or over the Montgomery reef that we visited because it's not happening in the daytime so can I say I mean even if you're not a tidal expert obviously um, ask your travel agent to check with Orion or to check with um, one of the people over on that coast of the importance of tides and you are when you check into hotels and everywhere over they're always given a tide chart because it is so important to know your tides when they're so huge so it can affect what you see and what you do so that is a very important thing and weren't we lucky every stop we had we were in the right tidal situation and I didn't even you know, know that before I left. But anyhow, we will go through the itinerary in a, in a second, just to explain to you some of these wonderful rock art and waterfalls, etc. we did see along the route. But just a wonderful experience. We are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and we're up in the northwest of Australia, enjoying some wonderful scenery. Well, just imagine you're setting sail now at sunset and we're cruising up for the first area, which is Yampi Sound and Kulan Island, which is an island off the northwest coast of Western Australia in the Buccaneer Archipelago, which is about 1,900 kilometres north of Perth, to give you an idea, and about 100 k's north of Derby. And it holds extremely high deposits of high-grade iron ore on Kulan Island, and I didn't even realise that, but that and a neighbouring island, Cockatoo Island, uh, got huge mines on them as well. So that was something I learned also when I was up there and from there we did actually go to a wonderful freshwater swimming area and would you believe it was called Crocodile Creek but there were no crocs in it of course (laughs) and we saw some wonderful wildlife again and some rock wallabies etc. From there we headed up into Talbot Bay which is uh, located within the King Leopold area and apparently about this area which I found amazing 1800 million years ago the Kimberley um, continent was separate to Australia and it collided with the Australian landmass and this ensuing uh, collision caused this incredible heating along the boundaries of contact and this is why you get this incredible 
beautiful, unusual structures of rock in the landmass where it buckled and folded. So you get these curves, which they call synclines and euclines. And so all this has been pushed up with the heat and then cooled again. So it, it is really remarkable scenery that you're seeing. And there's not even one proof that they have found yet of any life so it was certainly well before life on earth so not even a you know a, an imprint of a mollusk a fern a plant a, a dinosaur print nothing so you are seeing some of the most amazing ancient scenery that you'll ever see so that in itself was wonderful from there on we went to montgomery reef which is a huge reef which is about an hour in the zodiac out in the middle of the ocean and you see that again with the right time of your tides and it's all cascading over this massive reef which you just wouldn't believe it was even there and you think wow it's just incredible to see and that again is unique to australia from there we went up to the hunter river not newcastle of course but the hunter river which is in the mitchell river national park and that's one of the kimberley's two newest national parks actually there and it uh, lies in some of the most remote and inaccessible part of Australia so when you're cruising into these areas it is very special. Now from there the Mitchell Falls are inland so you can't actually cruise up to do the Mitchell Falls but we I did it, or my husband and I did an optional helicopter flight, which was absolutely fantastic. And you land up at the falls and have some time there and, and do a few walks while they go back and take another, you know, group. So we we're ferrying people backwards and forwards all day to do the helicopter flight and it was certainly worth it. Open doors. So if you're afraid of heights, you're a bit buffeted by the wind, but you're just the most you're incredible. In, oh, you're strapped in, of course. Yes. But, um, not for the faint hearted, I would say, but certainly worth it. Uh, after that, we went into Vansittart. Bay, which is a small remote bay, and it's quite near to the Truscott Air Base that was there, you know, established and operational during the Second World War. And we went ashore there and found the, the wreckage of a DC-3 that had to make an emergency landing there because he had his wrong um, readings put into his uh, aircraft. And instead of being 23 degrees wherever he was supposed to be, latitude he was 43, and so run out of fuel. And but everyone survived. And even though they were there four days in February, and you imagine the searing heat in February up there with no water or food somehow they, they heard about it and they managed um, to send Aboriginal trackers in and they w ran all day and night from Truscott Air Base uh, it was quite a long distance um, to rescue some people and walk them back others stayed with the plane and they were eventually rescued by a seaplane um, so that was incredible as well we then went to the King George River and that was the most beautiful I think that was my pick to go up the Zodiac to King George Sounds in the late afternoon with the sunset and here you have the longest single drop falls in the Kimberley, the King George Falls, which are absolutely stupendous. And you can actually do a climb up to the top if you're fit enough. Uh, again, you, you do have to be fit. You're clambering over loose boulders and all sorts of things to get to the top. And there is a swimming hole at the top. And we saw rock art, various forms of rock art, which is very different to what you see in the Northern Territory. But they're finding it very hard to date. Um, and a lot of the figures are very different, these long stick figures with feathers hanging and, and like bangles and things on their arms that look, looked almost Egyptian in their, in their way. It was, they just, it's, no one can prove it yet, but they're wondering whether when all the land was joined together, were, was it actually Aboriginal art or some other, the Macassans or, you know, maybe some other 
Indonesian, whatever. So very don't, interesting. Don't they call those Bradshaw? Yes, figures. Bradshaw, but they're, they're saying they're not going to be calling them that anymore because there was lots of controversy about that time with Bradshaw and his discoveries. But anyhow, they're the, the Wanjana is the art form is what they have found. And that, that was really fascinating too. And then of course we, um, ended up, um, going, being at sea. We went to Wyndham and from Wyndham then you did the option. Well, it wasn't I mean, it was included, but you could choose either an Order River cruise, which took you up to Lake Argyle, and you see the famous house there that was moved because of the Argyle Dam being built in the Order River scheme, or you can do the optional flight, which takes you over the Bungle Bungles, which, of course, is absolutely fantastic, and that is included in your cost. And then you just have two days at sea. They're the only two days you have completely at sea before you end up in Darwin at the end of a most wonderful and very special part of Australia that I feel if anyone can do it and wants to do it, Put it on your bucket list and do it because it was worth every every cent and it's an experience that you won't be able to replicate anywhere else in a very ancient part of our land. It's always good to talk travel. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.